Hey, 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 everybody. Uh, it's Alex, and we're back with season three of Equipping the Saints. I'm pumped that uh, we just have an opportunity to be able to create some content for our church and uh, just imagining and thinking what the Lord could do with um, just all the stuff that we're kind of trying to put out there for, for you to glorify God, to continue to grow in your relationship with Him. And so I'm excited for this season. Uh, as I was praying and kind of pondering on what to do this season, I figured it'd be something uh, pretty sweet if I started bringing in even some of the staff team uh, to maybe help me and help you just uh, understand what it is we maybe do behind the scenes as uh, as a church, but at the same time help us really understand what we're trying to cultivate and shape and move towards uh, in the life of our church. So for this whole season, I'm excited to just share with you guys that uh, Jenny Heatbrink, our worship director, is going to be joining us. So Jenny, say hello to the crowd. Hello. Hello, church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jenny, I think it'd be super helpful for um, for everybody, if if maybe they don't know you, yeah. um, if you maybe just gave a short snippet, hey, what's your testimony? How'd you come to know Jesus? And then maybe uh, how'd you get here to City Light South? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, both my parents became believers when they were in their younger 20s, uh, like in college. And um, I grew up in a pretty tight knit, uh, smaller PCA church. And Um, Even though I was taught from an early age the stories of the Bible and what it means to have a relationship with God, and I don't remember a time not believing in him or not knowing that he was there hearing my prayers, um, I think I still kind of clung to my parents' faith and belonging to the church Mm -hmm. as a means for maintaining God's approval and acceptance. And it wasn't until junior high, actually, at Timberlake Ranch Camp when I was 12 years old, um, they kind of did an altar call or they, they explained, you know, the Lord's Prayer. And if you've never prayed this prayer, like, we'll walk you through that. And altar so, call, huh? Kind of, yeah. And so at that moment, I remember just thinking, like, I don't know if I've ever actually prayed that prayer and um, what that means. And so I remember taking real ownership of my life and growth as an individual believer in God's kingdom. Mm. At that point, um, I started reading my Bible on my own for the first time, and over the next several years into high school, my relationship with and love for the Lord grew and grew. I went to Lincoln Christian, um, and I'm super grateful just for the discipleship that happened there through uh, several teachers. And um, yeah, let's see, and then in college is when I really... Uh, just started to grasp the freedom and unconditional love and the depths of God's grace um, and Jesus. So I don't like honestly remember having one life changing realization of God's grace and sacrifice and trusting in that. Yeah, Um, It was very gradual uh, through several moments throughout my life when I was awash again and again, again and again with just the breathtaking realization that Christ has set me free. Um, And now even into my later 30s, I feel like I'm still uncovering layers of that mm. and and what that means. Um, and I've had seasons along the way in my journey that have been extremely hard um, and nearly soul-crushing, like can't get out of bed, like deepest, darkest nights of the soul. Um, and in these moments, I've sometimes wanted to give up on the church and on the Bible and on faith traditions and mm. people and everything I thought I knew. But um, I just could never shake Jesus. Uh, he has captivated me eternally. And there's just no other God or religion or person or mindset or philosophy that 
stuns me and moves me like Jesus does. And no matter what seems to come, he's declared himself Lord and Savior of my life and heart forever. And I don't think there's anything I can do about that. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of my story when it comes to my faith. Um, As far as coming to City Light South, uh, let's see, we, I mean, we had moved back to Lincoln like in 2014, I think. And my husband had met Ricky. Um, My husband's name is Jason, for those of you who don't know. He had met Ricky just like through a mutual friend and um, a few years after we moved here to Lincoln. So they had that encounter. And then later on when we were kind of looking for a church, I think this was like around 2019, it would have been, uh, we visited City Light South and uh, met Ricky again. And then I think met you even that Sunday, uh, Alex. And we loved the community. We ultimately decided to go to a different church only because there weren't kids our kids' age here at the time. And yeah. so we just felt like we needed that for them. But we still were very impressed that Ricky remembered Jason. <laughs> and we just, we you know, I we really just loved the church. Um, and then I was good friends with Isaac Moore, who I think a lot of you might know, might not, but he was working on staff at City Light. And when you guys were looking for a worship director, I know Isaac mentioned my name and so got reconnected. Um, Ricky reached out and um, I just decided to take a call because I have always been passionate about worship. I've been leading worship since I was 19. Um, It's something I love doing and something that I have felt again and again throughout my life that God has called me to. that it's a gift that I can give to the church and um, yeah, it's just something I love doing. So we've been here for two years um, and we've loved it. We've, this church has become more and more like a family to us and to our kids. And that's been a really beautiful thing. So yeah, that's kind of my story. Did I forget anything? <laughs> uh, so your kids, you have yeah. how many kids? I have two kids. Tate is 14 and Jade is 11, but she's turning 12 October 3rd. So she's basically 12, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, I did youth group with the students a couple weeks back in the summer, hung out with them once and Jade was behind me or in front of me and knockout. She was in front of me and knockout. Mm -hmm. And I feel really bad because I got her out. And then she said, that was really mean. (laughs) But there was also one other time where we were playing, uh, capture the flag. Uh And I was exhausted after one round and I got in jail, like probably three minutes into the game. And then she got in jail and she looked over to me and she goes, why are you so sweaty? <laughs> and that's when I knew I was old. She, she's, she speaks her mind. She's not, she has no filter sometimes. And I actually love that about her. So. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Jenny, it's been fun to get to know you and, um, over the last few years and see God use you in the life of our church. Um, a couple of things that you guys will probably learn about Jenny through this. Um, if you don't already know them, uh, Jenny is probably one of the most like, thoughtful worship leaders I've ever is the most thoughtful worship leader I've ever met. Um, she labors over what songs to choose and how to arrange it and to make sure, um, that everything's tied together on Sunday mornings, which is something I really appreciate because, uh, God uses that in sweet ways. Mm. And then, um, she's also one of the deepest theologians too. So, um, as you guys kind of start to hear some of just her thoughts, um, as we kind of talk about this season's, um, 
topics, uh, you'll start to uncover that Jenny is actually really wise too. So she's mm -hmm. a great voice to have in the room um, in terms of, oh no, that's my 10.02 alarm. So if you heard it, that's okay. <laughs> we pray at 10.02 every day as a staff team um, to pray for laborers. But um, yeah, we'll pray after the recording because um, <laughs> you guys probably don't want to hear that. But um, yeah, so as we just move forward, uh, you're going to get to hear some of her wisdom and insight uh, as we talk about this uh, season's topic. So uh, with that being said, Jenny, mm -hmm. what's going to be our topic this season? Our topic's going to be worship. Worship. <laughs> Woo. That's where if I knew how to do like the applause, sound, yeah. <laughs> I'd put that in there. <sighs> yeah. We'll just cut that and use that for Perfect. everything else going forward. So... Uh, Jenny, we're talking about worship. Um, why are we covering worship and what is it? Maybe let's kind of uncover yeah. those two questions. Um, yeah. So yeah, we will talk about what worship is and what it includes. Um, and really it includes more than just singing on a Sunday. It's really a lifestyle. And the singing part is just an outflow of the joy and praise in God that's in our hearts already. Um, and it's also a declaration of our faith and a discipline to remind ourselves of the truth of scripture and what we're actually made for. Um, and we were all made for worship. Tim Keller has a couple great quotes on worship. He says, everyone worships something. Mm. Uh, the only choice you get is what to worship. And because worship is a lifestyle, he also says, if you want to change your behavior, you need to change what you worship. Um, ultimately we were designed and created to worship God and Sunday mornings are a part of that rhythm that God has ordained for us to worship as a community, which is really beautiful. Uh, but it is a choice that we have. We can worship him or we can worship idols of acceptance or beauty or wealth or comfort. Um, you name it. So that's kind of a part of what worship is like. It's, it's a lifestyle and it's, it's what mm. we were created for. Um, and as far as why we're covering it, um, as I said, it's something we're designed for. It's part of who we are and what we're here to do. So it's extremely important. Um, and I think sometimes when we talk about worship, people just think the definition of that is singing a particular genre of songs on a Sunday morning. Uh, but singing on Sunday mornings is important. And we'll talk about the role of singing in scripture and why we do it. But the reason this topic of worship in general is important to discuss is because what we do on Sunday mornings when we sing together really should just be a snapshot of what's going on constantly in our hearts throughout our weeks as followers of Christ and children of God. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Sunday mornings, I think it's important for us to understand how and why we pur purposely designed the flow and song selections yeah. to represent the gospel that we as believers should be constantly meditating on. Um, we're not just coming together on Sundays to sing a bunch of songs that stir up our emotions for God again. Mm. Uh, that certainly can happen. And I never, ever want to discount how the spirit moves in our hearts and sometimes moves us to tears or clapping or joy or anything like that. That's an amazing gift from the Lord. Um, but what we actually see in scripture when it comes to worship is that the songs that David wrote and sang or the song of Mary after the angel visits her or the outburst of worship from Paul at the end of Romans 11, uh, all those come from emotions that were already there from really discovering and knowing the truth about who God is and experiencing his care or his presence. And the singing is just a response. It's an outflow of those emotions that were already there. 
So I think it's really important for us to be aware of how Sunday mornings should look or should not look much different, I guess, than any other day of our week when it comes to worship. Hmm. Um, the only difference is we're doing it together, yeah. which is cool. Wow. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, William Temple has this definition of worship um, that I just stole, so I'm just going to read it because yeah. I thought it was really good. But he says, worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by holiness, by his holiness, the nourishment of the mind with his truth, the mm. purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of the will to his purpose. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so he's kind of got a, a bunch of different pieces and parts to it all there where he talks about like the conscience, the mind, the imagination, yeah. the heart and the will, Yeah. Um, which I thought was really beautiful. And then he kind of goes a little bit further on to really explain what he means by each of those. But he discusses how uh, worship is supposed to transform each of these areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he kind of considered, you know, those different spots um, of our life, it's really all encompassing exactly yeah. like you were saying. Um, so you talked about like why we worship and that we were made for worship. You yeah. know, I think of Isaiah chapter 43, verse seven, it says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and I made. Um, and you can go, you know, Psalm eight talks about just the beauty of how we're supposed to glorify God. Psalm 139 talks about like our creation, um, by God, you know, Genesis one, obviously that he's the creator of all things. Yeah. Um, and so as I consider like why we worship, well, it's because we were made for that. Right. We were made to worship God and you know, the Tim Keller quote, um, that might've been him, might've been somebody else. I don't even know, Mm -hmm. but just that we all worship something. Right. Yeah. Um, is probably because we were made for it. You know, we gravitate to hold on to something, to, to worship it, to glorify it, to give it all of our attention, to, uh, have it lead us to transform us. It's just an understanding of what is the right thing to worship, who is the right one to worship. Um, and so, um, I think that's, uh, really good and profound in terms of some of those questions to kind of ponder on what mm-hmm. are, who were we worshiping? What are we worshiping? Um, and why, why exactly do we worship? Yeah. Um, cause even considering why we worship maybe even helps us navigate like why we're worshiping idols yes. um, or different yeah. things in our life versus the, the one true God. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about what's going on in our hearts. Um, it's not just like what we're saying with our mouths. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, and so that's why, it's important to examine, yeah, if we're worshiping something else like the idol of acceptance, mm. you know, we might not, we, we may not be, call it worship when yeah. we think about it. We might call it as like a sin struggle or something like that. But really it is an idol that you are setting your heart on um, mm. throughout the week. And so that's why it can be, it, it, yeah, it feels harsh, harsh to call it worshiping an idol, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so maybe what are some misconceptions? If you think of a couple off the cuff, what are misconceptions of what worship is? Mm, yeah. I think um, there's a misconception that, like I said, that it's like only something we do on Sunday mornings mm. and that it's just singing songs. Yeah. Um, but worship really involves a lot more than singing songs. Like it, it's a worship service or gathering because it includes elements of prayer it includes fellowship it includes the teaching of god's words all of those things are a part of worship um and so that's you know it's not just singing and then it's not just something we're doing on sunday mornings um 
you know, if, if I think about, again, all the outbursts of worship that are in scripture, those weren't just things that were happening on Sunday mornings or like at the temple or whatever. Like these were yeah. real moments in real people's lives um, where they poured out their heart to God. Um, so I think that's one misconception, I think, is that it just involves the Sunday morning gathering hmm. um, and, and that it's just singing. Um, where do you think that came from? I don't know. I I mean... Is it just simply probably because we've titled it worship? I or? think so. And I think, you know, it's, there's a whole like I, genre of songs out there that's called worship songs, hmm. but you don't hear the word worship applied to other things like prayer and teaching and stuff like that as much as you do the songs. So hmm. I wonder if that's why, um, possibly, but yeah. And, and there is like, it is different on Sunday mornings because it's corporate worship. Yeah. And so it needs like, a term attached to it. Whereas I think throughout our weeks, we're maybe not calling it worship, but that's really what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so that could be part of it. I don't mm. know, but yeah. yeah, I think of, um, even moments where we probably don't realize we're worshiping, but they are worship. Yeah. Um, as maybe even a misconception too. Sure. Yeah. Um, like in terms of just our own actions and being like, I went to a, a panic at the disco com- conference, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, concert was a couple of years ago. And, while we were there, I was kind of stunned, you know, because the lead singer comes up from from the ground up, and <laughs> I'm looking around CHI in Omaha, and it's dark. There's lights flashing, and the second the fog kind of starts, you know the concert's happening. He's coming up. You see everything start moving, and there's this just loud scream from the entire room mm. um to see this guy like come up out of the ground and sing you yeah. know for the next two or three hours for us um but as i walked away from that i was like oh my gosh like that was a worship like gathering of people just yeah obsessed with like that man's vocal talent right you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which he's really talented but uh-huh. um that's besides the point the, the illustration i think was that i yeah. saw in my mind i was just like how much greater is it going to be when jesus descends from the cloud you right. know yeah um and we get to see him and it's like oh my gosh so, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how it's gonna work but i like start to think and i'm like okay if he's coming down from the cloud it w- what if he's like on the other side of the earth am i gonna be able to see him <laughs> like from this side of the horizon i have no idea it's probably gonna be so mind-blowing that yeah we will be able to see it um and uh or I don't know, hear trumpets or I don't know right, what it yeah. is, but, um, I just think of, uh, kind of those misconceptions that we may have in yeah. terms of our actions that yes. we realize we're worshiping some, you know, football stadium, you know, yeah, I walked yeah. into, uh, I used it as a sermon illustration, I think once like a year ago or something where I walked into the Kansas city chief stadium and they call it like the kingdom. Mm. Um, and, it's the stadium itself is built like a Roman Coliseum. So I started thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm walking into modern day Rome where we're like watching a bunch of grown men beat mm-hmm. each other up and we're like going crazy <laughs> over it. I just don't have a toga on, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's just nets to kind of think of, you know, those moments where we see it maybe on a grandiose um, yeah. level that we're mm-hmm. worshiping something, but, um, it happens on the everyday moment too. It does. Well, and it's, I even think about the times that have been most worshipful for me have been times when I'm stunned to silence. Mm. Like wow. I'm 
I'm on a walk or, or maybe, you know, I, I think of actually visiting the Pacific Northwest um, mountain ranges up there. It's my ap- absolute favorite area of the country. It was so breathtaking and I literally just had no words, but I, I had a moment with God where it's like, you are awesome. Like you created this, you're awesome. But I was stunned to silence. Like mm. I just was sitting there in awe of him and that's worship too. Like that's, it doesn't have to be, I've, I hear people say a lot like, oh, I'm not a good singer or I don't really lean into worship. I feel weird, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't have to be this beautiful outburst of singing or clapping or whatever necessarily. You can be stunned to silence and it looks different for everybody in different moments. But, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I've never even thought about it, the moments where I'm just mm-hmm. like kind of flatlined and can't say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, or even like when we get together for sermon prep as a staff, you'll have moments where you're like, oh my gosh, God is so cool. Because <laughs> we'll discover something new in scripture that we hadn't thought about before or how mm-hmm. it all ties together. Like that's a moment of like worship, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is really sweet. Yeah. Those, those are my favorite, favorite moments in sermon prep. So uh, in terms of what worship includes you know we've mm-hmm. got the huge misconception that it's it's not just um the sunday morning gathering or just yeah. the types of songs that we're specifically singing that are meant to be like on you know k-love and sunday morning or whatever mm-hmm. um but it, it's a lifestyle uh, so in terms of what it includes alan ross had this other definition. I don't even know who Alan Ross is. I didn't even know who the other guy was either. I just found it in another book. Um, But Alan Ross has this quote on worship and he says, true worship is the celebration of being in covenant fellowship with the sovereign and holy triune God Mm -hmm. by reverent adoration, expressed commitment of trust and obedience, the memorial reenactment of entering into the covenant. And so what it, how he fleshes it out in terms of what it includes. Like he talks about the celebration, um, of the, of being in a covenant with God. So he uses, um, just like festivity and ritual and praise that's present Mm -hmm. in worship. Mm -hmm. But then like the reverent adoration is like recognizing, describing the worth and the glory of God through singing shouts of affirmation, raising of hands, responsive reading of the Psalms. Um, that's your favorite thing. (laughs) Uh, and corporate prayers, the expressed commitment, like the reading scripture, the proclamation of the gospel, the exhorting of church members to, uh, keep their commitments and obedience to trust God. And then the memorial reenactment of like the two, uh, ordinances of the Lord's supper and, mm-hmm. um, and baptism. And he kind of is more so maybe taking it into a Sunday morning, um, gathering in terms of his definition. But mm-hmm. I thought those were some pretty interesting thoughts, um, yeah. with what it includes, but anything yep. else on your thoughts on what it includes? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that covered it really well. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of much more, um, but we'll get to talk about that more, I think in the coming Mm-hmm. episodes yeah we'll dive into it more so. yeah so that's a great yeah. transition yeah. uh the coming episodes so uh jenny what um we've got a couple of different episodes that we're looking forward to in terms of recording specifically some different parts yeah. of worship you know we've got more fleshed out in terms of like hey what is worship mm-hmm. um then we've got another one i wrote down why we sin but i'm supposed <laughs> to read why we sing yes. um <laughs> 
and why we uh, why we sing corporately. That'll be yep. a whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why we sing the songs that we do in mm-hmm. our Sunday mornings, the Sunday morning structure that we have specifically at City Light South. Yep. Um, then the worship as spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. I think that one's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, engaging the mind, the heart, and the body. That'll be another episode. And then considering worship and worship for eternity and what what that looks like, what we maybe think about that. Um, And just some thoughts there. Um, But are you super excited about what, which one are you most excited about? Oh gosh, I'm excited about a lot of it. I'm really excited to share just more about the intentionality that goes behind the gathering. Um, Because people have been surprised in the past sometimes to know how much I I think through when I'm picking out songs and why I'm kind of picky in the song selection process and stuff like that. So I'm excited to just share my heart and thoughts behind that um, so that you all can understand when you recommend a song to me. You know, I I might love the song, but there's all kinds of reasons about why we might not sing it corporately, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that'll be fun. And then I think the, um, engaging the mind and body and heart and worship, that's also something I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm excited for that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I think those will be fun ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just uncovering the Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. um, and just you kind of sharing your thought process behind the song selection, how we weave that in together with the the passage of scripture yep. that's being preached and then just the order of Sunday mornings. Um, I think those are all fun things to uh, kind of start to uncover and understand that maybe someone who's a, a member comes consistently on Sunday mornings, doesn't know, isn't aware of. Yeah. And um, hopefully that your understanding of that is going to help you just grow in greater worship of who Jesus is and, and why we do what we do as yeah. a church on Sunday morning. So, mm-hmm. um, well, Jenny, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, just that I love you guys and I absolutely love worshiping with you. And so I think that this is going to be a really sweet way for us together to just, um, grow deeper in our love for worship together. So I'm really excited. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited too. Uh, well church with that, uh, we'll send you guys off. We'll, uh, get to you soon and hopefully we'll get this moving and hopefully this edifies you and grows your love for Jesus and, uh, your understanding of what we're doing in terms of just our discipleship here at our church. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to me or to Jenny. Um, our emails, I think are both on the website. Um, and if you can't find it, just let us know and we'll get back to you. But, um, yeah, church, if, uh, you're listening to this and you think it would be helpful for other people within our church to listen to it, I'm not sure that everybody is aware that we do this consistently. Um, this isn't for us blowing up. I could really care less if people, um, like start hearing this before our church starts hearing this because our heart ultimately in doing um, and recording this podcast equipping the saints is to equip you uh, City Light South Church um, to continue to train you up and hopefully God will use you to continue to make disciples uh, across all nations so uh, church we love you we'll see you later adios